This is Daniel Gallardo, and you're listening to the Tenkara Cast, a podcast about the simple Japanese method of fly fishing, Tenkara. In the Tenkara Cast, we'll be sharing information on techniques, history, philosophy, and Tenkara stories from anglers all over the world. This podcast is brought to you by Tenkara Yosei, introducing Tenkara outside of Japan since 2009. It's only possible we create content such as this podcast and videos because of your support. So we thank you so very much for purchasing Tenkara Yosei rods, lines, and flies. I hope you enjoy learning more about the simple method of fly fishing. So today we talked to Vito Rubino, uh, who is a uh, from Italy. He's one of the best Tenkara ambassadors in all of Italy. He really is passionate about spreading Tenkara and making fly fishing more accessible in Italy. Fly fishing is kind of a growing segment of the market in, Euro- in Europe in general, but Italy is kind of one of those countries that is really interested in fly fishing, has really taken an interest in Tenkara. And Vito is one of the people responsible for helping spread the word about Tenkara there. Today we're going to talk to him about traveling as well as fishing in Italy, and we'll see what we learn. All right, uh, the tape is still going. I'm going to call Vito because we are on Skype and the connection dropped. Hey. Can you hear me, Daniel? Yeah, I can hear you. Actually, give me like... Three seconds. I want to record the crickets behind you. <laughs> hey, I love that. <laughs> There's a dog barking too. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Seems, seems it was making on purpose. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Vito, uh, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us uh, what your connection with Tenkara is in Italy? Um, hi, everyone. I am Vito Rubino. And... The first time I met Tenkara was uh, on the internet uh, in the website of Tenkara USA because I used uh, to fly fish, uh, many years of fly, fly fishing, but uh, I was feeling it, it, I was missing something, I was missing something because um, um, I really like to go hiking, trekking, go in, let's say, in the middle of nowhere and I don't like to have too much equipment with me, you know. Uh, so I was searching around, um, and then I found a video by Daniel Gagliardo and Tenkarausa. So I said it was, how do you say, love at first sight, you know, what like, okay, it's made for me. And I found my technique. So I started many years ago, some years ago, and I never quit. I mean, I'm Tenkara passionate. I use it uh, to do everything because what I love about Ankara is that uh, leave you the freedom, the freedom to enjoy nature, the freedom to know better nature. Like uh, you go hiking, you can climb, you can mountain bike, go for mushrooms and whatever and fish. So it's not just about the fish. But it's about the whole thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you and I, I mean, we've been communicating for a few years now, and I love that, you know, we share a lot of the same philosophies in terms of Tenkara, I think. And I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I had the pleasure of visiting you a couple of years ago now, um, spent a week there with you in Italy. Why don't you tell us uh, where, which areas of Italy do you fish? Where are you from and where do you fish? Because you took me to some beautiful places there. Oh, those are very wonderful, <clears throat> very wonderful memories with you, man, because um, I I was born in Rome, so in really central Italy, the capital city full of history, and for tourism, it's, it's gorgeous. Then I moved one hour, one hour and a half, um, one hour and a half away from Rome, in the regional park of the Simbrini Mountain, which are <clears throat> Apennines. And this area is beautiful because Simbruino uh, um, comes from the Latin sub imbrumus, that means under the water because it's um, quite a lot of rainy valley, full of caves, uh, a lot of sand, uh, her- hermit saints came here, you know, to build monasteries, mills, and here it's full of uh, nature, but it's not very much exploited, you know. 
in the bad way because here people could live just uh, from tourism, you know, but in a good way because it's really like 1,000 years ago. When you're up in the mountain, you can see the natural spring, you can drink it, and you can find some really beautiful Italian marble trout. Uh, not big sites, but you know it's uh, they are really smart and difficult. And when you came here, uh, we went on the Agnene River, which is a stream uh, that uh, is a spring water coming from uh, 2,000 meters uh, above the sea, so quite a um, high mountain. And we went also in the in other central Italy area because we went to in the Marche on the Tronto River. And so we, we visit together some very beautiful places. So usually, like most people, you know, they think of Rome. They certainly do not think of fishing. <laughs> uh, but I yeah. flew into Rome <laughs> and, uh, you know, I drove, was it like an hour north, northeast of your house, of, of Rome for your yeah. house? Yeah. Northeast, yeah, mm-hmm. northeast. And, that's and, right. and then from there, uh, if you can help, uh, you know, the listeners kind of, situate those rivers that you just mentioned like on a map so like the Aniani river like you know if you can tell us how far and which direction approximately it is uh in the eastern of rome on the map you can check subiaco s-u-b-i-c-o which is a small village but full of history can you imagine after the invention of the print the first book in Europe were made here in mm-hmm. a monastery up there. So we are talking about uh, not even fifteenth century. Did they write about uh, fishing? You know, I want to make a research about it. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm, I'm very serious because here there is an ancient library. So I have, but I cannot read Latin, unfortunately. Uh, so I have to to make some research because. The, there might be some writing about the population here and about the way they fish because you know like in Italy we had Valsesiana mm-hmm. but it's not only in Italy I mean Tenkara in Japan Valsesiana in Italy and in all Eastern Europe for example they used to fish this way in Great Britain as well so it could be a nice research. Yeah, I think so. And uh, let's go back to the uh, topic of geography. So, like, I think uh, what I'd like to do in this podcast is kind of help tell the you know the listener if they want to visit Italy, where they can kind of think about fishing, especially like a lot of people might go to Rome, for example. Uh, but then, like, you know, which direction do they have to go? And then we'll talk a yeah. little bit about yeah. seasons and, you know, and, uh, other parts of Italy uh, that you like fishing as well. So when I visited, I started off in Rome. You, you were very kind to pick me up at the airport, oh, drove me to your house. And, and actually, I think it was almost at the same time of year. So, like, if we stop the, the conversation for a quick second, we can hear the crickets behind you. Yeah, I kind of remember the sound when I was visiting. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, yeah. I'm talking in the middle of nowhere under the stars. Yeah, yeah uh, it's, it's, a, it's gorgeous. I can see the polar star, so I, uh, I know I figure out where the north is, so I can get oriented as nice. well. Nice. No, it's a beautiful area. So from Rome, from the airport, we drove about an hour to an hour and a half northeast. Is there any fishing right by where you are? Uh, I am almost under the river. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm under the mountains where the streams are. So from uh, Subiaco, that village I told you, which is one hour and a half from the airport, uh, here it's like in 15 minutes, you are under the stream, which is under the ruins of the Nero Villa. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's so strange to fish here yeah. because you always find some ancient bridge uh, old meals and all these kind of things, you know, so you can join tourism mm. with fishing. But people don't know it. I yeah. mean, that's that's the point. Just local know it and not all the local take care about the streams mm. because they were born here and so they cannot understand uh, the big importance, you know, the this stream has in the area. But Italy... Um, sometimes people see uh, the um, the picture of trouts in Italy, 
And the answer is, oh, I never thought that in Italy you you could do fly fishing, tenkara fishing, trout fishing, or grayling fishing. But we do, we do a lot. Italy is full of streams, and there is uh, my area and all the central Italian area, which is really good. But there are also uh, there is also the northern part of Italy, so the Dolomites, the Alps. Mm-hmm. And over there, it's gorgeous. So you can check out a region like Trentino, T-R-E-N-T-I-N-O, which is a region. You just can tap uh, Trentino. You will see a lot of also um, uh, stream area for fly fishing and tenkara. Yeah, I would imagine because most people think of the you know the mountain Alps when they you know think of Tenkara and fishing. But uh, so let's you know like if we talk about Italy as a whole, we have the central Italy, kind of like the Tuscany kind of area, uh, which is kind of which close, is, close yeah, to you, right? which, yeah. I mean the the mountain chain in the central Italy are Apennines. Mm. In the north, mm-hmm. in the in the northern part of Italy, you have the Alps, mm-hmm. and they are very different um, they are mountain as well so you can find mountain stream in the central Italy and in the northern Italy but they are a bit different because in the central Italy in the Apennines there is more uh, green area uh, with, um, plants and so on I mean it's more green mm-hmm. in the northern part is more high high mountain you know more like I'm rocky talking. kind of mountains too right yeah, like granite yeah, yeah. rocks yeah. and that kind of thing area you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's like yeah, yeah. so also yes ice. and then close to you there the 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 first river that you mentioned and uh, i love that river the aniene right um oh, yeah 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 it's my yeah that's your home water and we spell it uh, a-n-i-e-n-e and by the way i'll put the uh, i'll put all these resources in the names that we kind of mentioned on our website at tenkariusa.com forward slash podcast so look up for the uh, episode on Italy, and there will be a list of resources and places to go and and there's also a little place where people can leave comments so there might be a discussion that starts happening there but the aniene for example i, I remember the they, I think it was really soon before I visited, they had established a no-kill Aniene, so it's essentially a catch-and-release area. Can you tell us a yeah. little bit about that, uh, that river in particular? Yeah, yeah actually, Aniene is divided, uh, I mean, the upper stream, because Aniene ends up in the in, in Tevere, which is the, it's a tribut, tributary of Tevere, which is the river that comes into Rome and goes to the sea, the Tyrrhenian Sea. But before it comes to Rome and Tivoli, Agnene is, um, let's say, a trout stream. And in the uh, valley area, so downstream, there is this new no-kill area, which, is, I mean, was important because um, there were no projects to manage trouts and uh, the environment over there. This is the first kind of project about a no-kill area. But it's going quite well. There is a lot of work, but they are doing very well. But there is another interesting part, uh, which is really close to my heart, that is up in the mountains, because there are no river management, and that's bad. But it's uh, it's really wild. It's really wild. It's like the river, the upper stream, manage, I don't know how, to manage itself, you know what I mean? It's like it's stronger of um, every fishing pressure. I mean, the river is stronger, you know, and I love it. From the Subiaco area where I live to the upper stream. So I'm talking about the, the springs. You can find really native brown trout. It's not an easy fishing because you have, it's not, uh, let's say, a playground. Can I say that? Mm-hmm. Uh, because there is no... Um, uh, how do you say when people uh, throw trout in the stream, repopulation? No. Yeah, like uh, planting a trout or like to, to stock it? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, in, in the upper parts, they do not stock trout, so mm-hmm. it's not a playground. It's very difficult, and trouts are really, really smart. I mean, I don't know how they see you 
from also if you are fishing upstream you have to be very careful so it's uh, it's really challenging you know you you have to think not only uh, where to cast which um, which technique to use but also how you move mm-hmm. you know so it's really complete Mm-hmm. It's yeah. very technical, you yeah. know, and the upper part, there are not uh, big fish, even if there are many surprises, of course, mm-hmm. but the, the medium size, the size is quite medium, but it's really challenging and I love it because the nature is stunning. I mean, you feel like in a movie, in a Western movie mm-hmm. over there, you know. Yeah, there's like, some beautiful areas there. I mean, I remember too, the onion, like the water was so clear. It's, it's like what most people yeah. would think of a spring creek. You know, over here, there was a, you could see some weed beds, but you could see through the water. And there was actually a good population of fish. They were by far tough to fish. They were tough to catch, but there's a lot of fish in there. So they, I really yeah. enjoyed yeah. that. Um you know, so that was a great area. And let's talk a little bit about the, you know, we'll talk a little bit about this other area that uh, you and I visited. And then I want to talk a little bit about the trout that we found in different places. But at one point towards the end of my trip, we took a drive. It was probably maybe two or three hours, a little southeast, I think it was. No, um, I mean, you are saying two or three hours because I was boring in the car, but it's just <laughs> one hour. It was just one hour and a half, more uh, or okay. less. Uh-huh. <laughs> then you, if you stop for an espresso, you know, yes, you that's what it was. I remember it, and, it, and it's uh, you know, it's amazing. Like you know, and don't get me wrong, and I absolutely loved it. Like I always drank espresso, but uh, I think that trip like got me into becoming like an absolutely espresso aficionado. <laughs> I got home and I had to buy a machine and everything because, you know, there when I was with you guys. I, we, I, I saw it on Facebook and I feel so responsible. About <laughs> you it. totally are, but it was great. I mean, don't get me wrong because, you know, we would wake up and we'd go meet people in a cafe and, of course, you have an espresso uh, and then you drive an hour and you take a break for an espresso and you drive another hour and a break for espresso again. It's uh, it's absolutely great. So that's a great part of uh, Italian culture. I mean, we definitely took our time, although I never felt like I needed to fish more. I mean, I always felt like I fished fish plenty of time. And so it was not getting in the way of my fishing, which is good. Because once you remember <laughs> on, on that journey, mm-hmm. yeah, when we were in the car, you said, you know, that kind of landscapes reminds me of, of village in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still remember the sentence of yours. Yes, there was a, yeah, there's some similarities, I think. Um, you know, I think just on some of the, what we'll call the uh, old world, right? Where, you know, villages yeah. have being yeah. established for like a long time. But also the similarity was that like a lot of times in Japan, and actually I would probably venture to say that Japan and Italy are probably about the same size. I mean, they're, I don't know, I don't know exactly, but um, to me it seems like they're about the same size. And even the, the, the layout of the country where it's kind of a skinny, kind of long country, and, yeah, and also, yeah, like peninsula, you know. Like, exactly. Yeah. So you know, and, and then Japan and Italy have a lot of mountains, and then you end up with these uh, valleys that are kind of narrow. Uh, so you, you know, like the the villages they get established, they they're you know like smaller kind of buildings yeah. um, along the sides of rivers in the space that they have available to them. So yeah, it definitely reminded me of uh, Japan a little bit. Um, yeah, that's really uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that area, what was the name of that area? That area is uh, Molise. Molise. M-O-L-I-S-E. You know, mm-hmm. Italy is divided in region, you know. And Molise is that very, very small region, uh, just northeast uh, from Rome, let's say. But we can show it on, on the map. Mm-hmm. And that is our, we used to call it our New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's plenty of trouts, plenty mm-hmm. of native trouts, and also big trouts. I mean, yeah. I'm talking about, uh, sorry, I say it in centimeters, you I'll know. I'll try to convert. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, let's say uh, also uh, 20 feet, you know, 60 centimeters. Mm-hmm. I mean, very huge native trout yeah. over there. Mm-hmm. And the river we visit is called Volturno, mm-hmm. V-O-L-T-U-R-N-O, Volturno, which is a really ancient river. 
and very big, but in the upper part is something amazing because it's a true river. Uh, you can find very smart and navigated trouts and also big trouts. Uh, it's interesting because while in my area, in Anyene River, it's more interesting for, for example, all the Tenkara Plus projects. You know what I mean? It's like here you can climb, you can uh, trekking, uh, visit places. Uh, over there on Volturno River, it's more about fishing. Mm -hmm. It's more yeah. about fishing. It's more, it's more about exploring the river mm -hmm. because it's very long. Mm -hmm. The upper part is very different from the lower part. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's challenging. It's challenging, because, it's challenging because the upper part is like to fish in a mountain area, a mountain mm -hmm. stream with um, very smart trouts and also big trouts. And, but the, um, let's say the in downstream, you can find a very, very uh, wide uh, blade. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's very wide, the river. And you can try the long line. So there is always something to learn and to improve, you know, on that river. Because mm -hmm. it's difficult. You have to understand the, um, the season, mm -hmm. uh, the period of the, of the day. Mm -hmm. And it's a river that has to be red you know what i mean yeah so those yeah the streams are definitely like you know i wouldn't say they're easy but uh definitely a lot of fish you know like that's what uh i suppose those trout have been caught for a few hundred years so they've developed yeah. some uh, yeah. good instinct yeah. but you know in the on the volturno river i had my i think i got at least a, what we'd call a trifecta or a grand slam you know i believe i caught rainbows and what you guys call zebra trout and then uh, the marble yeah, trout, yeah. right? No, no, no. Uh, marble trouts huh. are just in the Alps. What uh, was the, but the, there was a the, oh Mediterranean trout. That's what I'm yeah, thinking about. Yeah. Okay, because okay, Mediterranean brown is like zebra trout, you know. Because um, then, then we can also show some pictures. Mm -hmm. For uh, for you, it's a bit strange because it's really uh, like black. And you caught it, you know, like black um, strips yeah. on the on, on the livery. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about the trout of uh, that you can find around Italy. Can you tell talk us through the the types of trout, the the zebra yeah. and the brown trout, the Mediterranean brown and the marble? Let's talk about that. Okay. A little bit. Okay, in Italy you can find many kind of browns. Of course, during the um, the years. Uh, a lot of native uh, trouts has changed a bit with the um, stock of trouts, you know, that they put in the river just to reinforce the population. So we have different uh, families of trouts, but uh, native, uh, native Italian trouts can be the Mediterranean trout, which is that kind of zebra. Trout. Actually, just uh, can... just to clarify, too, the zebra trout. I thought that was a little bit different. It, I believe the, I thought the zebra trout reminded me a little bit of a rainbow, but it had this kind of squiggly marks on the body. Are those the same, or is that a different trout? No, no, no it's different. It's different. Okay. It's it's another kind of trout. Then yeah. we have, of course, uh, rainbows mm -hmm. and very huge rainbows in the central part and in some uh, no kill area. Uh, then. We also have the mar the marble trout you mentioned before. The marble trout is um, a really ancient Italian trout. You can find it also in Slovenia, also in, in other countries uh, close to Italy. And it's huge. It's huge, can live a very long time, and it can reach one meter. Wow, so one meter. That's uh, what? Yeah, so that yeah, we're looking at three feet almost. <laughs> that's uh, that's insane. Yeah, yeah <laughs> wow. it's very huge. But also the brown trout here, yeah. if you go in central Italy on the Sangro River, mm -hmm. which is uh, S-A-N-G-R-O River, which is close to Molise, but what's in Volturno, you can find that sites of trouts. Mm. Of course, it's not easy because, as we were saying before, um, the reason they lived so long is that they were always smarter than all the anglers. You know what I mean? Yeah. They managed to survive to the anglers, to the uh, to the birds, mm -hmm. and toward the, the trouble of their life you and know I would, I would imagine the the one meter trout that's got to be very very rare have you ever caught one of those the one meter marble trout 
Of course I did, I man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're a fisherman. <laughs> no, I don't remember. But maybe if I could, uh, one meter trout, maybe I would remember it. <laughs> no, no, I never caught. The, the biggest I caught, uh, I think, is uh, about uh, two feet. Mm, wow. Almost two feet. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, but I'm an angler, so... Yeah, uh, I've got to take that with a pinch of salt, huh? <laughs> okay, yeah, the, the pinch of salt, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so we got, uh, you know, we got the rainbow trout, which I'm assuming have been introduced from somewhere else. Uh, yeah. And then we have the marble trout, which are native to Italy, especially in the northern Italy. Yeah. And then we have the zebra trout. Uh, what is the zebra it's trout? Like no, it's a Mediterranean brown trout. Oh, okay, okay. But with, but with that kind of marks, with more accent, I mean, with more contrast. So we call it zebra trout, but it's the same of Mediterranean trout. Mm -hmm. Then we have the Atlantic trout. Atlantic trout was used to stock uh, stockfish uh, in the rivers many, many years ago. And it is a hybrid with our brown trout, you know. Mm. So it's the Atlant it's more Atlantic brown trout. Okay. And but we have a trout that is um, it's only in Italy, which is called Macrostigma. And I will write it down so people yeah. can yeah, can read it. Macrostigma trout, mm -hmm. which is a really ancient uh, Italian trout. We have it in the central Italy, so also in my region. And there is, uh, there should be quite a few in Sardinia, okay. but just a few very small, which is really a historical uh, Italian trout. Yeah. And now there are many projects to um, to protect it, you know. Uh, but you can still fish it uh, with, uh, of course, with catch and release uh -huh. in in the central area. Actually, not very far far from Rome. It's like also uh, one hour, and you are there in that other river. What does the microstigma look like? Does it look like a brown or a rainbow or is it completely different? Yeah, no, no, it looks like a brown. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not colored like uh, mountain trout, you know. Uh, it's like silver uh -huh. with just a black spot. Oh, okay. Just, just is, black spot. Is that, one that, uh, is that one that I might have caught in the Volturno River? No, they don't have those there. No, they don't have those there, but you got also uh, some uh, trout which come from an Italian fishery, which is called Puccini, mm. like the, the the songwriter, you know, like the opera writer, uh -huh. and it's with very huge um, uh, marks that are red or orange. Okay, perfect. So, like, if you don't mind, too, like, I'll, uh, I'll put some of the uh, the images of the trout that people can find on the, you know, tenkariasa.com forward slash podcast. If you can send me some photos, that would be great. Yeah, because it's, it's better. Um, you can understand better, you know, by watching a picture. Uh, yes, of course, I will. Cool, thank you. Now, yeah. what is the, what do you think is the best time to fish in Italy? Okay, let's say from October... To March, fishing is uh, almost in all Italy is forbidden for trouts because it's the spawn uh, period, right? Okay. Because mm -hmm. they are, yeah, they are spawning. So from October to March, uh, trouts uh, and um, fishing in the upper streams is forbidden. Is it like October first yeah. through March first, or do you know approximately the dates when the trout season yeah, is closed? Say, Almost from the last Sunday of March to the to the first Sunday of October. That's when it's open. That's when the season. When open. it's open. Okay, so, so you can you can fish from the last week, uh, from the last Sunday of March to the last to the first Sunday of October. You can fish. So and uh, the best period to me it's uh, August or September. Also June, it's okay. It depends on the area because it's if it's a mountain area, August could be okay, or or else it's too hot because in Italy it's central Italy is very hot, you know. So September would be better. But from June to September, fishing is really good. Also May, also May according to the 
according to the read, to the stream, to the insects and all these kind of things, you know, temperature. Generally, um, at the beginning of the season, which is March, it's a bit difficult because there is a lot of uh, water, mm. rain. Runoff, so, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so the droughts are smart, they are let's say into the um, into the rocks they are re- they are afraid of their life you know what i mean sure. like fruits and all these kind of things they, they don't fit too much but uh, from june it's uh, it's okay then it depends because if you go to fish in the northern part of italy so to the in the alps in the summer you can find uh, snow water mm, i see yeah, yeah. Be- because all all the um, all the snow becomes to melt, uh, becomes the meltdown, the runoff, let's say. So it's better in September, October. Then you in the, in northern Italy after October, let's say November, you can go for grillings, and it's what's pretty nice. Yeah, because they have um, different period of spawns, you know. So November here in Italy, especially in the northern part of Italy, is the month of uh, grayling, you know. So you can catch grayling in, in November, even though it might be cold up in the mountains, it will still be uh, yeah, fishable. Yeah, 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 also in the, in the Alps. So the we talked about the trout. Where can you find grayling throughout Italy? Is it just in the northern part in the Alps? Allora, eh, so, sì, allora, eh, so, yes, um, grillings, you can find it in Italy, in some uh, area in the central region, like uh, Molise as well, but uh, the land of the, the grillings is in the northern part of Italy, so in, uh, in the region called Piemonte, eh, Veneto and Trentino. So in the Alps, let's say under the Alps. Perfect. So now let's talk a little bit about, you know, the logistics of fishing. Uh, so, you know, a lot of, yeah, I've known, I know a lot of people that went to Italy last year, either for business trips or because they wanted to go on a vacation. And then, of course, they want to pack a tankata rod because it fits in a carry-on suitcase. And uh, even though they're supposed to be just enjoying the food, once in a while, they want to try to cast a fly. So let's talk about the logistics, starting with the fishing licenses. How is there like a national fishing license? How does somebody fish legally in Italy? Because nobody wants, of course, to you know get in there and just cast a line. There is a fishing license that you need, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit difficult to get the information because this is the institutional part. And a lot of times you don't find info in English, and that's bad. But in Italy, we have a national license, uh, but which is for Italian and for foreigners, you know, it's different. Uh, okay, in Italy, we have the national license for foreigners. Then we have the local uh, permit. Depends on the area you are fishing, because it's a bit tricky, you know, uh, because depending from the region, you might need uh, a small book where to sign uh, and to write down the day of fishing. So all the part has, is fishing. So you you have to earn a national, fly fish, a national fishing license. And then a regional license. Okay, so but you always so you always have to have a national fishing license, regardless of where you go. And in some places, you have to get an additional permit, right? Yes, yes. For for foreigners, uh, it just uh, it's easier because you can pay, and with the receipt, you are allowed to fish in all the national area for uh, all three months generally. So you have a three mile to three months uh, national uh, fishing permit. But then you have to check the area because in some region you need the regional uh, permit, then uh, the permit of that local area is a bit tricky. So the, the best suggestion I can give is to, um, to write to someone which knows the area to check what you need to fish there because it's, it's a bit tricky in Italy. Uh, all regions are almost independent. I mean, they uh, write their laws and they manage uh, their area, so also the streams, 
the way they they feel you know it's uh, there aren't uh, a lot of information about it so one way to connect with anglers you know from italy too is just go to tenkara anglers uh page on facebook and that's a very active forum and there's a lot of italian participants in there that do speak english and they can help provide some guidance and sometimes you can connect with people to fish with them uh if you if you go to italy and now yeah so the fishing license just like in japan it's a little complicated but it's doable but once somebody gets in italy you know in the I found that you can get around in English, although, you know, not everybody does speak English, but... Um, they try hard. Yes, they do. And it's a lovely people. I mean, people really do try very hard. But uh, why don't we uh, share a few words or a few terms in Italian that people have to know? So how would you ask for a fishing license? When you get to Italy and you're like, I want to buy a fishing license, how would you say that? So I can tell you the entire sentence that could be... Che documenti mi servono per pescare? which is like, which kind of documents do I need to fish? But uh, is there like a, so like usually like, of course, when I travel to countries, I don't speak the language. I might just say, you know, fishing license with a question mark, you know, fishing license. <laughs> How uh, can somebody say that in Italy and try to find a place to buy it? Okay. <laughs> if you say fishing license in Italy, uh, like this, they can get you, or, or like a crazy guy, or they bring you in a <laughs> Well, maybe in a sporting goods <laughs> store, in a fishing store. <laughs> or in a fishing store, yeah. That, that's, yeah, I mean, uh, licenza di pesca. Licenza di pesca. Yeah, don't go, to a, don't go to a cafe and ask for a licenza di pesca, because they're there to serve espresso, as we all know. <laughs> yes, but it's... Uh, as you said before, now jokes apart, uh, it's easier when you reach the place, it's easier, you know, if you are in Italy. Uh, the important thing is to know like what to pay and where, but if you write on Tenkara Anglers, it's full of Italian uh, Tenkara Anglers from all over Italy, you know. Yeah. So for sure someone will get you back with uh, or help you help you with documents it's actually it's quite easy because it's uh, it's enough to pay a small amount of money uh, and it's cheaper for example than uk or uh, usa it's very cheap how much does a fishing license cost approximately i know there's going to be different areas that charge different prices but do you know what the uh, fishing license is going yeah, for I mean, the price should be around uh, for three months uh, from 20 to 30 euros, no, which is bad. like uh, from 30 to 40 dollars, maybe. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah, and that's for three months. So it's, uh, and if you're going to go fishing and you want to fish, be able to fish for about a week, you pretty much want to buy a three month license. Is that how, we, how it works? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and in a lot of areas, like my area, you don't need any other permit, you know? Okay. So you just pay this and you go fishing. When it's when it's the opening period, no problem. I mean, with just this, then you have to check if you are fishing in which area and how to get that area permit. But for that, you just write on Tenkara Anglers, and all the people will uh, write you the the possible solution. All the anglers. So no problem. And, you know, in my experience, of course, I loved fishing with Tenkara in Italy. But uh, would you say that Italy is a really good country and it has good streams for Tenkara fishing? Yes. Yes, definitely. I mean, it's... Uh, sometimes I think that it's not um, a coincidence that Valsesiana and Tenkara are very similar. And they were developed without knowing each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, because <clears throat> uh, mountain streams in Italy are perfect, are perfect for uh, fishing with a fly, without reel, without long lines and so on, you know. Just you keep the road and, and you fish. And Italy is full of small stream that for too many years were forgotten, mm -hmm. you know. And yeah. also thanks to, to Tenkara, we are rediscovering these uh, small streams, you know, mm -hmm. close to our places because we have a lot of natures and Tenkara is perfect for that. 
Yeah, so the Pesca Valdesiana, yeah, I think it's absolutely amazing. Although it's not surprising that there's a lot of different, actually different countries and different cultures that develop methods of fishing using a fly with a rod and a line tied to the end that look exactly like Tenkara. And in Italy, of course, you had the Pesca Valdesiana, Vazis, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah, um, yeah perfect. Was that okay? The Pascal Vazesiana? Yeah, well, bravo, bravo. Oh, grazie. <laughs> uh, so how would you, uh, how would you describe Vazesiana? Like, is it identical to Tenkara or, you know, nowadays, of course, people oh. are using Tenkara rods, yeah. but are there any yeah. differences? Yeah, there is a big argument, you know, about it because um, some people, but just some people, when they see Tenkara, they say, oh, okay, it's fixed line fly fishing, it's Valsesiana, just to, um, to, to cut the corner, you know what I mean? But they are very, very different because the, the Valsesiana got stuck to the old tradition, so you can find a wooden, a wooden um, road, which is uh, made from nice cane, it's called, it's like a river cane, and horse line and three flies which are similar to kebabi because are let's say spiders you know what i mean it's like very light spiders but the technique also for casting is really different because it's much heavier the line is heavier so you have to it's it's the movement like you are whipping you know mm -hmm. like big round in the skin the sky and so it's really different. Tenkara is much more uh, light. Yeah, so that's what I kind of noticed. I mean, Valziziana, you know, the, if you're talking about traditional Valziziana using like the longer, or not longer, but uh, heavier wooden kind of rods a lot of times, or bamboo uh, sometimes, horse airlines. And then because you're using three flies, typically you're doing this kind of yeah, a I mean, Belgian cast almost, um, so that the lines, the flies don't get tangled. And then Tenkara, it's a little bit more of a precise, like yeah. up and down kind of cast a lot of times. But in essence, it's a rod line and fly. And in Valsiziana, very often three or more flies even, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Tenkara is faster. Mm -hmm. The stops, you know, in casting are really short mm -hmm. and it's uh, an, really another way of fishing, yeah, of fishing you know and you, you you can realize it when you have the rod in the hand mm -hmm. you can see how different it is i mean casting is uh, really another technique mm -hmm. uh, also for the flies you know three flies and one flies it change a lot you know mm. yeah also the philosophy is different a little bit, yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's been really interesting to see like a revival of interest in Valsiziana in Italy since we started Tencariose because uh, before, so as you mentioned, uh, you know, it was almost a disappearing kind of art form, and now people are like, hey, we have something similar that our ancestors used to do. Let's take a look at this, and and as a result, yeah. Italy is one of our biggest markets because people understand, you know, the concept of using just a rod line and fly to catch a fish. Yeah, yeah, because they <clears throat> they can rediscover what we lost, you know. So it's like we can use our tradition, our tradition, and what we uh, always uh, enjoyed, but with modern gear. You know what I mean? It's like more uh, lighter, um, simpler, simpler. And it's nice. And I think the big power of Tenkara is to rediscover and make people proud of their ancient tradition. Mm -hmm. It's not only in Italy, also in Eastern Europe, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, we know about the Macedonian flies, you know, like in the uh, 14th century. So, I mean, uh, people are rediscover, uh, rediscovering this kind of traditional fishing thanks to Tenkara. And Tenkara is a big power, you know? Like, mm, we can do a museum, just not to lose our traditions. And that's thanks to the Tenkara market. That's awesome. Yeah, it makes me really good to hear about that. I do have some Italian blood on my, in my blood. And, uh, you know, since <laughs> I, actually, I've, last time I counted, I've got eight or nine different ethnicities in my blood. But uh, I think about one-eighth of it is Italian, and uh, which absolutely, you know, I don't think it's hard to fall in love with the, the food over there, but the espresso, but I can't wait to go back for sure. <laughs> It's a great country.
there are a lot of things you can you have still to eat and to drink and swimming to fish so let me ask you very quickly for somebody who is going to italy of course espresso is part of the routine we don't have to even and you can just go to a place and just uh, actually you don't you don't say espresso when you go to a cafe you just say cafe huh yeah uh, we just ask for a cafe you just enter in a bar ask for a cafe and they'll give you then we have a lot of kind of cafe because we used to say cafe macchiato Cafe ristretto, cafe lungo. So for us, it's not just espresso, but a long, short, uh, with a bit of milk, with a bit of milk cold, with a bit of milk hot. I mean, it's like, yeah, to, to be a bartender is crazy here. Yeah, all the, the espresso varieties. It's, a, it's great. What, which one is your favorite one? Do you just ask for a cafe or what do you ask for? Yeah, I mean, I'm quite flexible. I just ask for a cafe because uh, to wake up, Uh -huh. I really need it, so I cut the corner and ask for a coffee. Yeah, my favorite, I think, uh, is a macchiato. That's kind of, I like a little bit of that kind of frothed milk on it, a little bit of the foam part of the milk. So that's, uh, but espresso is great too. Yeah, it's it's lovely to hear you ask for a macchiato. It's, <laughs> it's And uh, for anybody else visiting, what else should they be ordering when they go to a, a, a you know a cafe or a restaurant? Uh, what are your top three you know must eat yeah. foods? That, that's really I mean challenging. Can you imagine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about Italian beverage and food. And what uh, what can I say? Uh, in Italy, we have a lot of traditional food. Depending on the area you you are staying, so my best suggestion is to enter uh, in a typical restaurant of that area and ask for the receipt of that area. Okay, yeah. Because mm -hmm. all the area has a kind of pasta, for example. For us, pasta can be uh, just normal pasta made with egg. You know that kind of egg pasta, like tagliatelle. So in very simple terms, like if you, if you can share, like uh, if somebody walks into a restaurant not speaking a word of Italian, um, can they say like, uh, you know, the traditional food, please? Can they say that in Italian uh, and get the best dish of the restaurant? Yes, I mean, in, in the restaurants, uh, also in the, in the small villages, uh, people and the waiters understand English. Mm -hmm. more or less so mm -hmm. no problem with the menu to order a traditional so no problem for this okay. but i can say in my area the area of rome you have to order uh, carbonara amatriciana those are the two typical roman dishes made of pasta uh, kind of bacon which is not really bacon mm -hmm. uh, egg I mean it's uh, you have to try it yeah the you food is it. great I mean, nobody can go and pizza, wrong it's of course yeah. you have many kind of pizza too many actually <laughs> and they are different if you go to the south for example Naples uh, they make it more um, thicker Mm -hmm. Any Roman area is like lighter, but I mean pizza, pasta, mm -hmm. wines, whatever you eat here, it's okay. I ate so <laughs> well there, and I think this is the right now we are in our mushroom hunting season here. We're finding a lot of the porcini or the bolites as we call oh, them. Yeah, and uh, there's example, a lot of good ones there too, huh? For for example, tagliatelle e funghi porcini. Mm -hmm. Tagliatelle is a kind of long pasta made with porcini, with that kind of mushroom, and those are amazing, mm -hmm. really warm. I'm, I'm getting hungry, actually. Oh, man, my mouth is watering. We should stop talking about food, but I think we kind of gave people enough about, you know, when to go, a couple of regions to check out, the kind of trout that they're going to catch in there, and then, of course, our conversation had to divert into food because we're talking about Italy, <laughs> but, uh, you know, hopefully. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you? I mean, besides the Tenkara Anglers, which is a good forum on Facebook, and, of course, we have our forum on Tenkara USA, and we're going to have that page, uh, the tenkariusa.com forward slash podcast where there's going to be more information and probably people can connect in there um and of course i should mention that you are the uh, the only guide in italy that is part of our tenkara guide network right now yeah. so if somebody goes to tenkariusa.com forward slash tenkara dash guides they will find your picture in there 
so they can connect you with you in a lot of different ways. But is there like any other way to uh, for people to connect with you? Uh, you know, you probably don't want to give your email because then you get all your <laughs> a lot of people asking you directly how to do it. But uh, you're welcome to if you want to. Oh, of course. You, <clears throat> I can leave you. We can write down my email, mm-hmm. and you can find me in uh, in Facebook also with my page Tsurikichi Tenkara, which will write it down. Yeah, and mm-hmm. on the, directly on my on my email, and I will be pleased to answer all the questions. Cool. And can I say something about fishing in Italy? Because yeah. I deeply believe it. I mean, here it's a place. I understand that that you don't. <clears throat> here it's a place where you don't come just for fishing, you know? I mean, from you, United States or other countries, in, you can go to New Zealand, for example, just for fishing, right? Here you come for uh, a whole experience, you know, made by Tenkara fishing, all the trouts, uh, all the history, food, uh, place to see, people to meet. So it's a bigger experience. It's not just fishing, you know? Yeah, <clears throat> so it's perfect also for Tenkara Plus. Yeah. Tenkara Plus Italy would be the the perfect experience, you know yeah. what I mean? I completely agree. I mean, I, I think anybody, you know, looking at going to Italy really has to be very open to soaking in the, the people, you know, like just it's such a friendly country. Um, and I, you know, just that culture experience, um, you know, with everybody that I met there, but then, you know, everything else about Italy, uh, not just the fishing for sure. Yeah. That's a great point. Yes. I mean, I, I deeply believe so because it's, it's an experience, you know, and in Italy you can do it. You can find yourself fishing, uh, under <clears throat> ancient Roman settlement, for example, or really, I mean, deep in the history oh that was incredible yeah fishing like you know with like these old ancient bridges and especially like you know one of my favorite experiences too i think was one day when we started fishing of course we had a couple espressos and then we took a break and we went out for lunch and then we came back but then we stayed until we kind of started getting dark and we were in the middle of this village um ascoli i think it was and we're really close to this bridge and there's like all these stone buildings and a few lights here and there coming up. And it was absolutely magical just to be there. And that made me feel so much like I was in Italy and I was in this old country. And the fishing was great, too. I mean, there was like we caught a few trout with all this twilight of the, the ancient buildings. There was absolutely magnificent. I, I totally loved oh, it. I'm so, I'm so proud to hear, hear that, you know. I'm very proud of that. Yeah. I mean, it's... I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, yeah, let's uh, let's uh, cut off our conversation by telling people how do you uh, how would you say hello and how do you say bye because uh, <laughs> that's always kind of a fun one. <laughs> okay, ciao a tutti e vi aspetto in Italia. All right. Well, we'll uh, I'll wait and uh, I look forward to being there in Italy too. <laughs> Man, you're Italian, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to the Tenkara Cast. I'd like to extend a special thank you to Nick Ogawa, also known as Takenobu. Check out his music at takenobumusic.com. We'll be posting links to any references we made in this podcast, such as Takenobu's music, on our website, www.tenkarausa.com forward slash podcast. And until next time on the Tenkara Cast.